0: of an organic conversation a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, and life itself. Happy Halloween here from the TalkStream Network Studios in San Francisco. This is the week to gear up for it, to get your costume ready, if you'd like to dress up, or at least get your treats ready, whether you will hand those out or eat some of them yourself. It's a week of candy for many of us, often regardless of age, and we are dedicating this hour to help you find the healthiest options for trick or treaters. And Mark, this does not mean avocado pudding. No, we're talking real chocolate and other real chocolatey Halloween treats. Conscientious candy, tips for a healthier Halloween, our topic today here on An Organic Conversation, where you host Helge Helberg, Mark
1: Mulcahy, and Ronnie Palomar. Yes, avocado pudding. That does sound delicious, but not necessarily something you'd want to give to the kids. Hard
0: to hand out anyway.
2: It is
1: hard to hand out, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking well, of buying, oh, you have.
2: No, I was just going to say we could change. We could change how we go about things in society, right? We could. An avocado could be the treat of treats if, if we really were on our Yeah, a couple of years couple years,
0: a couple years.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll cover that and more. But before we (laughs) jump into that, speaking of buying the best, an interesting thing came up in the news recently. There was a, a piece about expiration dates and what goes into determining what the expiration date is of a food item. And in some cases, it's marketing. And it's not actually the date when the food, quote unquote, spoils. So this is really fascinating to me because we're looking at a country that has a tremendous amount of food waste and we're relying on a print a printed date on a piece of food to tell us whether or not we should buy this or throw this out or eat this and (laughs) to me it just goes back and I'm not saying that all of it is marketing I think there are definitely good reasons for expiration dates but I think that in light of this new bit of news it's important for us to remember to use our senses trust your instinct or the scent or the look of it I mean you you should be able to tell when food has spoiled or when it hasn't even if the expiration date said to throw it out a couple days ago I mean so it's not
0: it's not a requirement or something you can legally trust.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> tricky. Just something you can legally trust. Well, here's the deal is like I think we look at all of these all of these this bits of information because they're sell by date. There's expiration date, oh, yeah. enjoy by date, <laughs> enjoy right? And yet, by. and yet, yet, societally, or when us as shoppers, we look at all those things and we and we refer to them in the exact same manner. It's like, oh, it's the expiration date, I got to get rid of it. Oh, sell by date, I need to get you know not use this anymore. And the reality is, none of them are really tied. It became a marketing thing. Yes, there are things when there are times when things are bad, but most things you read, you find out about dairy that dairy is still, if it's kept under proper temperatures, is still good well beyond the expiration date. Mm. Whereas in produce, sometimes like on a salad, you know, a packet uh, salad, salad, it'll say sell by date, right? <clears throat> those types of things. And in those things, the reality is, is we just have to decide, as you were saying, Sita, is trusting your instincts, using your, using your, your eyes and your nose. And most produce items, the interesting thing for me is, again most produce items do not have a sell by date a packaged salad might but if you go if you go around your produce department your Absolutely. mango doesn't have a sell by date your apple yep. doesn't have a sell by date because it's the most awesome food
0: <laughs> but even you're right Mark even with a salad if it a sell by Wednesday whatever that date is and you buy it you need to decide at home how you brought it home how quickly you brought it home how well you stored it mm-hmm. um, how well your fridge works you know all that so mm-hmm. um yeah, not a guarantee. I like enjoy by a lot. That's just so funny. It seems so personal. You enjoy that by tonight, okay, with your partner. It's like enjoy by, yes, but even that exists. Um, in, in all cases, it's not a guarantee. I've eaten food where um, it was still four days before expiration date, and that was food that was only good for a week anyway, like a, you know, three-made sandwich or something, and it was not, it was not good anymore. So what you're saying, you know, really trust your instinct. Um, the label isn't indication but it it really it doesn't mean it's guaranteed fresh and also it doesn't mean it's guaranteed expired when it actually says it is expired or that it's Because the opposite is
1: true, too. When we were talking about this in pre-production, what our associate producer, Kristen Ponger, was saying is that she and her partner have noticed that their milk lasts many days past the date that they said you should throw it out. It hasn't spoiled yet, so Uh they're not going to toss away the rest of it if it's still good. And I think that the point you bring up, Mark, about there aren't expiration dates on fresh produce items, we are already using those visual cues or or the um, Scent. scent. yeah, it's like this senses. smells fermented. I didn't eat this piece That's of right. fruit early enough, or it's too soft. We can looks use rotten, those same tools.
0: Oh, it's rotten. <laughs> 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 or it looks fresh. It smells fresh. I love that. When you can you try that? I think it's bad. Yeah, yeah.
2: Helmi, you, you're the, the king of that. Yeah, just no. so you know, <laughs> okay. you're the person <laughs> okay. I love. Would you try this? Stuff? Thank you. You're listening <laughs> yeah. to an organic conversation.
0: I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark
2: Mulcahy. and I'm
1: Cita Ronnie Palomar. And we're
0: talking about Halloween. What else in this week? In this week's episode, Conscientious Candy, tips for a healthier Halloween, a yummy hour for slightly better alternatives to hand out and perhaps sneak for yourself. But before we dive into the topic fully, as always, here's our weekly tip from the world of health and beauty. Here's Chef Sita and her holistic bite.
1: Well, this week, I want to talk about pumpkins. It's really timely. The great Halloween pumpkin, the Thanksgiving pumpkin, the Christmas pumpkin. I mean, we're going to put it in just about everything now. We're going to spice it up. We're going to puree it. It is such a a fruit of the times. And... Interestingly, we've seen that pumpkins have played kind of a, a historical, magical role in our society. We have see them in Cinderella, the pumpkin that turns into the carriage. They also are jack-o'-lanterns, which traditionally meant they would ward off evil spirits. But in addition... To these mystical properties, they also have medicinal properties, and this is something that's been used by cultures all around the world. One thing that comes up when you talk about pumpkins and a lot of other hard winter squashes is that they're really rich in beta-carotene, and and all of the carotenoids, that class of phytonutrients, and the way you know is because of its color. I've talked about this on the show before, that the phytonutrient you can identify has to do with the color, and that yellow-orange is a carotenoid or a carotene. So... That is really great for protecting your eye health. It prevents what's called vascular degeneration. And then also, pumpkins are really great for blood sugar. They found some research that says pumpkins in particular are protective against type 2 diabetes. And pumpkins are great at helping to preserve prostate health. So fantastic for you. Also incredibly delicious. So the magic thing about working with pumpkins or any other winter squash is if you roast it, you want to do 350 degrees for about 45 minutes if you want to caramelize it you will go up to 375 and there's some wiggle room there depending on how big it is or how you cut it or how you want to use it but That's one thing that people always worry about because it may not get cooked through all the way. 350 degrees for about 45 minutes. And, you know, when you make a pumpkin pie, if you are going to use pumpkin, then going with a smaller pumpkin, like a sugar pie pumpkin, I think that's what they call it, right, Mark? Sugar pie pumpkin is great because it's sweeter. The flavor is going to be better because it's smaller. Also, a lot of people may not realize, but you can use other squashes than pumpkin to make your pumpkin pie. Delicata makes a great pumpkin pie. I've even use butternut squash to make pumpkin pie and part of what gives it that classic flavor is the combination of the spices so you can fudge it a little bit if you have a different type of squash in the house or a different type of squash that you know how to work with Um, other things you can do you can use your acorn squash I love this cut it in half you've got your two halves top it with some coconut oil maple syrup a little bit of cinnamon and some sea salt and roast it in the oven like that whole all of those flavors get down through the flesh, and then you can just eat it with a spoon. Um, you can use spaghetti squash and sauté it up with some fennel and some leeks and a little bit of olives or kabocha, which is really great, just sliced in those beautiful C shapes and then pan-fried. So just a couple things to get you started to enjoy the summer or the winter squash this season, and particularly <laughs> pumpkin, which is so good for your health. And that's that for this week's holistic bite.
0: Thank you, Sita. That's Chef Sita. Um, how do you caramelize? You just threw that in. I'm like, I always caramelize onions, <laughs> pumpkin. Good. How do you caramelize onions? Well, uh, really,
1: pumpkins. it has to do with how long the sugars cook because there are natural sugars in onions, in your example, and then also in these winter squashes. So the higher the temperature and the longer it cooks, the better chance you get of caramelizing the sugars onions, that are already I, in I the vegetable. I have that down, but mm-hmm.
0: um, I've never even heard of caramelizing pumpkins. Well, what, what so for mean?
1: example... If you were to cube your butternut squash and steam it, you're not going to end up caramelizing the sugars because it's not going to get hot enough to. But if you cube it and you put it in a 375-degree oven and you let it cook for longer, you'll see it'll start to get a little bit brown on the outside. And that is when the sugars start to yeah. caramelize. <laughs> and then if you, if you were to puree butternut squash that you steamed and puree butternut squash that you roasted and got a little bit different more flavor. of that totally different flavor. Different
0: this is flavor. your song, huh? And I, <laughs> yeah. I love that.
2: I mean, I, I could sit I here and salivated. listen to her talk about squash all day long. It's not a problem. Or, or pumpkins all day long. You know, the interesting thing when I was listening, two things came up for me. One is we talked about jack-o'-lantern. I mean, you brought in pumpkins yep. and they were used as jack-o'-lanterns. You know what they used to? They used to do turnips. They used to carve turnips. Can you imagine taking this... Thirty-pound turnip and trying to carve that as a jack o' lantern to keep to ward off equal, evil wow. spirits. I can't I tell you what, that created. would be some major that's work because that's solid all the way that through. That is so dense. Right. So that used to be the way that they that they would do that. Another another quick tip on this is you're doing your jack o' lantern. You're making some pumpkin pie or anything out of that. What do you do with the seeds? Uh huh. Right. And seed will always have great recipes for doing that. But what everybody does is you got this hand blob of seeds and and fleshy stringy stuff you just put that in a bowl of warm water and then move your fingers around and then the seeds will come loose and then that's an easy way if you want to roast your seeds or do something like that do they start
0: floating or do they sink to the bottom or how do you sift they, it they after? will actually float yeah. yeah nice yeah i love that it's amazing that you can buy a little bag of pumpkin seeds with salt for whatever it is when dollar 99 or 99 cents but this is actually the stuff we throw away. There's right. no difference. It usually ends right? up in the they, the they don't grow bio. pumpkin seeds. Right. <laughs> they use the pumpkin seeds from a pumpkin to roast them, as you said, 350, 45 minutes and, Little bit of salt when they're still wet, so the salt sticks. Oh, delicious.
1: Well and with the Amazing. seeds, it's not forty five minutes for the seeds, it's forty five minutes for the pumpkin itself. But oh, for the see, seeds it's read, only about fifteen minutes. Yes. Well they're oh, higher awesome. in oil and you, <laughs> don't, wanna, you yeah. don't wanna you don't wanna three fifty
0: degrees, fifteen minutes.
1: Exactly. About fifteen minutes. To You're really gonna look for color. You want them to get golden brown and it's not just pumpkin. You can use the seeds from butternut <clears throat> squash, spaghetti squash.
2: That's the thing that's not done, I think, yeah. as often as they would with pumpkin as yeah. we do with pumpkin seeds. We just take those seeds mm. out of a of a butternut or out of a Hubbard squash or something. Right. And you can use them the exact same way.
1: Yeah. yeah. Delicious.
2: Fun.
0: You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbert I'm Mark Mulcahy.
1: And I'm Citarani Palomar. Our
0: topic today in this hour is conscientious candy. Yep. Conscientious candy. Tips for a healthier Halloween that and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned.
3: Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit Earl's Organic. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F R E Y W I N E.com.
1: You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Wilkehy. And I'm Ronnie Palomar.
0: And we are talking about Halloween in this hour. What else? Conscientious candy, tips for a healthier Halloween, a yummy hour for slightly better alternatives to hand out or sneak for yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark, you did some research on the origins of Halloween.
2: I did. It was pretty interesting. It goes back to Celtic times. And on October 31st, they celebrated a, a holiday called Samhain. And... Basically what they believe that is on October 31st is that it was the one day of the year that the two worlds, the worlds of the dead and the worlds of the living overlapped. And with that, that meant the dead could walk the earth. And so what they would do is they'd create these elaborate bonfires, right? Which drew insects. And then that drew bats. And that's how bats got associated with Halloween. And they would also, they would also put on masks to either, appease kind of like, okay, I'm one of you with the dead, right? You know, don't bother me. I'm one of you or to try to scare away the dead. So that's where the mask came in. So both of those things were, were kind of all tied into Halloween. The thing about trick or treating as we know it also goes back to the middle ages where people on November 1st, which is also known as all souls day would go around to houses and they would say, we will pray for your dead it was called souling and we will pray for your debt. If you give us food or treats. And so then that transpired into trick the, or the more uh, uh, modern yeah. thing of trick or treating. Wow. So very interesting stuff on how all this stuff comes about and it's not all
0: Hollywood. It's not all, you know, the bats, the, there's real historic um, roots in this. And holiday. not all
2: countries, uh, not all countries, uh, celebrate Halloween. You didn't grow up celebrating Halloween, right? Yeah,
0: no. In Germany, it's, there's, no, there's nothing even like it, even though um, having some pagan roots in that holiday, of course, um, or the origin rooted there, uh, which would be more Britain, but you know, very much embraced and rooted in Germany, too. We never had Halloween. It's, a, it's an unknown holiday. And now, because Germany is very close with American culture, and um, there are lots of small towns where kids, you know, get excited about dressing up now. And, but I don't think it's not coming from that traditional historic, you know, um, origin that you just spoke. It's just adopted from the American tradition now. So Mm -hmm. you go around get trick and treat and Mm -hmm. dress up like a cowboy and Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. But, um, interesting, interesting roots.
1: I am fascinated by that story. That Mm -hmm. is really great information. Mm -hmm. I love that people used to go and pray for one another. And that's how people would in kind say, thank you so much for praying for my, my ancestors, and here's a little treat. So,
0: And now, usually have it been food, now it's really almost entirely candy, and it's, of course, mostly kids.
2: Well, I, when I was growing up, actually, it wasn't uncommon that, that someone would put an apple in your bag, and you thought, oh, who would give me an apple? I want candy, right? <laughs> <laughs> but... the. Re- <laughs> Not you. The, the, no, going, no, no, oh, I, no. I No, no, no. That, that started Over my produce career. Bar. Oh, what is this? Yeah. Is this a Macintosh yeah. or a Cortland? <laughs> yes, <Yeah, it's> right. <laughs> did you pick this, that? Is, this is about work? a week too far yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did.
0: Right. I'll come back next year. Yeah
1: better get this so, right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really interesting point because I remember when I was young and I was trick-or-treating this was about the time where they started discouraging people from giving out fruit because the concern was you you don't know if somebody has put something you in that. You couldn't trust somebody. Yeah, which is which is unfortunate, but I but I also really respect a, a parents right to say I want to make sure that this is packaged and hasn't been tampered with. So that's sure. where today's show comes in. Because so much of the candy industry, I mean, there are lots of things about this that I think we're giving it in mass quantity to children. Yes, it's only once a year, and I believe in indulgence, but the ingredients are bad for your health in a lot of cases. The processes are bad for your health. They're bad for the environment. They're bad for the people who create What are we them. talking so we about? Like, to- Do you have
0: some examples of what's a, what's in a standard candy, No, no brand names mentioned here on the show, but...
1: Okay. What would
0: you face if you went into a normal supermarket, not health food store, and you know, what would one find?
1: So the top things that I keep an eye out for that are in most commercial candies are bad fats, and bad sugars.
0: Hydrogenated fats.
1: Hydrogenated fats, I think, are just about the worst offenders out there. I mean, these are fats that have been manipulated so that you could get a certain texture and a certain shelf life out of it. And what happens is that these, they're foreign in the body. They change the way they break down from a normal fat, and in some cases, I think in most cases, hydrogenated fats have been linked to carcinogens in the body later on. They, they help to create free radicals, and free radicals can, can mutate your cells and potentially become cancerous. So hydrogenated oils go into a lot of chocolates still, and candies still and fillings. Still it's today. It's really
2: surprising. Yeah. When I go to the airports and occasionally I just want to like a little piece. I usually carry my own chocolate, as you very well know. Um, but occasionally, and then I'll go look and I'll look at what I think is a really good brand. Like, you know, you think, oh, this is a quality brand. So I'm going to grab that and I turn it over and it's like.
1: What? what? First ingredient, right? In why why, why
2: <laughs> is this in here? It yeah. really surprises me. Yeah.
1: And then also on the sugar side, you see a lot of high fructose corn syrup.
2: Sure.
1: And the, the way that that, Impacts your blood sugar is so dramatic. I mean, it's de- they they're seeing Multifold so many relationships between insulin resistance. Yeah, yeah, it is really hard on your system. That's and, for
2: and, sure. and one of the things that's happening is as they switch from hydrogenated oil, because there is a mandate to move food products from, from hydrogenated it. oil, yeah. in trans fats, is they're going to palm. Yes. Because it's supposedly oh, cheap. And we had so an cool.
0: entire show on palm oil production. We and did. The that was a devastating effect episode. on the environment
1: originally aired in March of 2012 it's called Youth Activists Mm -hmm. and what we learned from these two brilliant young women they're about 13 now I think or maybe 16 now they're in high school they're Mm -hmm. in high school now but what they did was for their Girl Scout project when they were younger was it it had to be a social service project and they were looking at the ingredients that were in their Girl Scout cookies which was largely palm oil Mm -hmm. and looking at they happen to love orangutans and the orangutan habitat is in the palm trees and all of these forests mm-hmm. that were the natural Great habitat episode. for them were being cut down to create really cheap oil for the cookies <clears throat> and for the candy, which we're talking about today. So mm-hmm. so that's part that's part of the, the ethical and the environmental side of the, the when, danger when of that buying cheap show
0: candy uh, aired again
1: March of twenty twelve. Yeah, check Youth it out. And
0: organic of course, for all of our shows. And you can also follow us on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. I got it right this you time. You did, nice
1: job.
0: <laughs> <Practicing>. uh, <laughs> perfect. And also if you want to see Mark's produce shirts, we are now streaming a video podcast on talkstreamnetwork.com. Um, we're speaking about conscientious candy in this hour, tips for a healthier Halloween. I'm just looking at the personal health effects on high fructose corn syrup and hydrogenated oils in most Conventional candy. Um, of course, that translates into, into a whole backstory of environmental degradation yes. and cultural and social impact. Um, of course, we know uh, hydrogenated oils and high fructose corn syrup, corn, GMOs, genetic engineered mm-hmm. ingredients. <clears throat> There's corporate interests, cacao, how that is harvested, the impact on the rainforest, uh, wages. None of that is done in a, in a fair way or reimbursed through a fair trade agreement. Um, as we would, you know, describe um, the exchange of culture and products uh, fairly. So when you buy that bag of chocolate, and right now I think they offer Halloween bags that are like six times the Mm -hmm, size. mm -hmm. If you really look at the impact of that and the price, we are talking, you know, a couple dollars, um, and a couple dollars difference or more uh, to much healthier alternatives, actually, for yourself, even if it's still sugar-based um but much better because of the quality of sugar and the oils and of course the the corporate interests that whole world of environmental impacts and social impacts in addition to that
1: well that's something i really love about your stance on this helga and i've heard you say this many many times in the past and that is the, the true cost of production, right? You really get what you pay for. Yes, right. you can buy cheap candy, and that may reflect positively on your pocketbook right now. But the the ripple effects of what gets sacrificed because of that cheap candy is kind of endless. And
0: Mark is really our flavor master. I mean, even even the flavor, when you buy something um, where the ingredients are good, whether it's a psychological aspect or it's really just tastier, there are so many delicious Really, um, you know, I don't want to say healthy options, but healthier options in candy out there that are just wonderful. Really, really tasty, um, b- beautiful alternatives. And we want to talk about those when we come back. Mm-hmm. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helder. I'm Mark Boccahi.
1: And I'm Sitarani Palomar. We're talking
0: about conscientious candy. Tips for a healthier Halloween in this yummy hour. That and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned
1: NextSpace brings together a professional, collaborative workspace with a warm, supportive community. It's a place where you can do your very best work. And now, NextSpace is introducing NextKids, a workspace that also provides great on-site child play care. Hi, I'm Diana Rothschild, founder and chief mom of NextKids. We believe that you can be a better parent and produce better work when you seamlessly integrate work and life. We're better together. Join this conversation at NextKids.us. You're listening to an organic conversation.
0: I'm Helga
2: Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And
1: I'm Sitarani Palomar.
0: And we are dedicating an hour to conscientious candy as we are celebrating Halloween. Tips for a he- healthier Halloween. Healthier Halloween. <laughs> a yummy hour. We just talked about the health impacts of most treats and chocolates out there um, if they don't have the health of the environment or the health of the consumer in mind. Um, What are some of those alternatives? We talked in the beginning that giving produce, which Mark would do, um, is kind of taboo. Um, So we are looking at uh, produce alternatives. I'm sorry, Mark.
2: (laughs) I know this is. Well, even I love fair trade chocolate. You know, and before I go in here, I, I went and did a little comparison shopping before the show. And I wanted to just see, okay, if I go into a natural food store and, you know, what are they going for a bag? of Because they have bags of chocolate or fair trade chocolate or good oil chocolate, you know, as well. You're going to see that on an end cap too. It's either way. Um, and I went into just a standard, like, drugstore and looked at their end caps. And, I've, and now the sizing is different. What's you an get, end cap? And we, An end cap is that thing you walk into at the end of a grocery aisle that 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 tries to get you to buy something that you mm-hmm. weren't planning on buying. So
0: like a little special display of yeah. like exactly. just the yeah, any of,
2: store does okay. it. So, yeah. big great question. And <laughs> I found that one bag for like at a natural food store was like six ninety nine for the bag, and at the drugstore it was four seventy nine. Now there was more in the 479 bag. There was more quantity, but if you're but giving out, you could do either for about two dollars more, two dollars, and you know, two, yeah. you know, and that's that's actually. That's that's pretty decent, right? And then,
0: so the impact for two dollars, what do you get?
1: Well, and this is an interesting idea because I remember this from years and years—not just of trick or treating, but also of giving out candy. One, you always have way more candy than you need. Always, at the end. always. And two, and
0: you always sit on candy. I mean, you're hoping, you hoping like you know, I don't know, and how many kids months? your pants when you do that? How many? No. <laughs> how many kids are coming? Like eight, ten, maybe twenty, but I. I I mean, I've never heard of anyone really running out of candy. And if they did, good for them. Then they you got eggs a lot on your house. Then you know exactly. <laughs> well, so as, adults,
1: as adults, we don't want paper. any. Usually, we don't want much candy <laughs> left over at the end. So we get to a point where we're like, wow, it's kind of a slow Halloween. Maybe it's the weather. I'm going to start giving a handful of candy yeah, at a time. Or maybe it was
0: me yelling at kids kicking their football over every year. It's the
1: reason that they don't have Halloween in Germany. It's a completely different. Story. But let's let's definitely talk about what makes the quality the quality chocolates better. Okay, Or so, the quality candies better. So
2: a, f- a thing for me is I buy fair trade chocolate. I always have these little bars in my uh, backpack, as you know, which because of meetings usually about yes. two o'clock in the yes, afternoon. Yes, he does. We
1: all get chocolate. <laughs> we all get chocolate.
2: Um, and the fair trade thing is a big is a big thing for me because that means the people who are producing the product actually are paid a decent wage, a fair price for the product they're producing, and it makes a huge difference in the livelihood of those workers every day. Yes, what, it, what are, it actually
0: translates into is education for their kids. I mean, we are talking water, sometimes. Water, skills, like so that one they can One penny or two pennies um, per pound or whatever product we are talking about, but per unit, one or two pennies. Mm-hmm. And that actually at the end of the month, healthcare could it be exactly right. makes the difference in education healthcare in everything and so when that when you translate that forward and we pay you know 10 cents more 40 cents more it means that there's an entire culture an entire community decently off Better, well supported. Off. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. better supported. Yeah, exactly. Better supported. So yeah, fair trade. great so that's thing a big to thing look for, for me. Especially so for chocolate, right?
2: Especially for chocolate, yeah.
1: So that's one place where the price may be a little bit higher because mm-hmm. you're actually paying for somebody to have better quality yeah, of life. Really No important. brainer for me, obviously. Yes. There are other things too. Though, and it's verified.
0: People, you know, there are 50 labels out there and people sometimes get confused as I do um, <laughs> trying to navigate this world of claims and labels. Fair trade, something really great to look for um, and it's verified. and checked up on annually and um, a really robust certification system.
1: And something else along the line of chocolate. And this is something that I discovered from a company called Alter Eco, which uh-huh. is a fair trade company that that blew my mind when I understood this. Who we've had on the show. We have had them on the show. Uh, That's right. Array. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. With his
0: French accent. Wonderful. Show. <laughs> Amazing. We were all in love after about... 40
1: seconds.
0: <laughs> he Put does forward. have that restraining order, by
1: he the way. <laughs> <laughs> so something about yes. Alter Eco's chocolate. They taught me they don't use any soy lecithin in their chocolate. And you will see most chocolates have soy lecithin as an ingredient. <clears throat> the reason they do that is because it helps to emulsify. Because when you get yeah, the chocolate, right. you end up having the cocoa mass and the cocoa butter. And you have to emulsify these two. Ingredients that wouldn't otherwise mix. And I've talked about this when we make vinaigrettes. Yes. So you use an emulsifying hours. agent to help those two ingredients fuse together. That's the soy lecithin. We talked about GMO. We talked about soy as a highly genetically modified ingredient with with a specific technique, this is something that Alter Eco does, and this is actually classic for making chocolate. If you make chocolate That's the traditional how it was way, done, exactly. this is how it was for done before hundreds, we started trying to cut before. time, is the, the the conching process. That's what they call it. That's where they emulsify the cocoa mass and the cocoa butter. And with Alter Eco, instead of saving time and only emulsifying it or conching it for a short period and then adding a soy lecithin emulsifier, they just conch it for longer. It's a Swiss process. Like it much means they longer, don't right? Wasn't saying 20 hours?
0: I think something? it's at
1: least 12 hours, and most yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. will stop after about six. I'm not totally positive on these numbers, but this is my understanding. Yeah. So much if you can find chocolate that doesn't have soy lecithin, you're cutting out an additive. You're probably cutting out something that's genetically modified. And the chocolate is every bit, if not better. Oh, yeah. It's every much bit cleaner. Is, it's so delicious. Mm-hmm. Product. Mm-hmm. And... Ideally, you want to look for something that's about 65% cocoa or higher. Now, I love I love milk chocolate too, and it's good to indulge in milk chocolate that doesn't have the same high cocoa content. But cocoa is really high in antioxidants. And that's and the, the only higher- reason
2: I eat it.
0: Yeah.
1: Let <laughs> us <doesn't> look for, <laughs> honest. For health reasons.
0: <laughs> You're listening to <laughs> an Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helger.
1: And I'm Cita Ronnie Palomar. And it's
0: not about produce. It's about chocolate it this is week. About chocolate. We're talking about Halloween, conscientious candy tips for healthy uh, Halloween. So
1: and other than just chocolate, let me yes. just throw it out there because we've been talking mm-hmm. a lot Absolutely. about chocolate. There are a lot of sugar-based candies, mm-hmm. and we talked about corn syrup and how you want to avoid that in the first half of this show, but in Regular sugar is often processed a hand like four plus times and it's bleached and it's they do so much to it unrefined cane sugar does not go through the extensive processing and bleaching processes that you would get with regular sugar. So when you can find like a sugar-based, like a, like a coconut toffee or a ginger chew or something, if you don't just want to give out chocolate, there are still sustainable options, better for your health, better for the environment. Great
0: point, yes. We, we have been speaking heavily about chocolate, and that's really often where it's at, but there is peanut butter bars, and there's lots of other things that are candy. If we are talking about those ingredients, some of the bags almost don't have enough um, space to write <laughs> on to list all the color blue, red, four, and lake seven. And it's, it's amazing how many ingredients are in there that are not food-based in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form um, in non-organic ingredients. So as the last uh, you know, item to or label to mention, if you can, if it's fair trade, and, um, you know, made really well, high quality chocolate uh, or candies throughout. And if you can find organic candies, um, that would guarantee you that those synthetic ingredients are not allowed at any level of production. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and you're right, Mark, for a couple dollars more, this might be the year to invest that, especially you know, if you hand those out or eat them yourself.
1: So if you're looking for a list of these candies that we are talking about as better alternatives, check out our Facebook page. We will have a list of brands that we feel really meet these standards. So you can make sure you're stocking up with things that are delicious, for sure. And it we, tried, we tried them
0: all. So you <laughs>
1: it, <laughs> was a tough, it was a tough day yeah. to try.
2: Yeah, it's a tough <laughs> assignment.
0: <laughs> yes, um, that's facebook.com forward slash conversation for a list of conscientious candy for this halloween season and um, as always you can also follow us on organicconversation.com or now streaming at talkstreamnetwork.com conscientious candy tips for a healthier halloween that and more when we come back right after the break stay tuned Life's a game and so is work. And just like any game, sometimes your team is in a slump. Maybe it's a new team. Maybe there's conflict. Maybe you're under pressure to keep up with your own success. Whatever it is, it is time to get your game face on. The Ultimate Game of Work combines game design with executive coaching to create high engagement workplaces. Boost your team's creativity and performance by designing the game you want to play and win together with the Ultimate Game of Work. Enticed? Learn more at ultimategameofwork.com com
3: Are you a chef? Have a catering business or planning a party or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit Earl's Organic com.
1: You're listening to an organic conversation.
3: Helga Helberg. Mark Bokke. And
1: Sitarani Palomar.
0: We talked about Halloween in this hour. Conscientious candy. Tips for a healthier Halloween. What to look out for in labels and products that you may buy, whether you give them out yourself um, or you eat them yourself.
1: <laughs> hopefully a little of both. <laughs> yeah, hopefully
0: a little <laughs> of both. Um, and uh, what to look for instead. Again, there's a list that we will post on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash conversation. And you can also follow us on conversation.com Video streaming now on talkstreamnetwork.com. Sita, uh, you had a, a, a couple of really clever additional ideas for Halloween of how to manage the Amount of sugar and what to do.
1: Well, even as somebody who doesn't trick or treat anymore, I have a hard time. Uh, I leaving saw you last the year o- year
0: out there <laughs> on, your, on your knees,
1: walking and saying, hey, hey. Uh, yeah. "I can still eat a ridiculous amount of candy." What? And I know that. What? You know it. <sighs> Getting creative with what you do before you go out trick-or-treating with your kids to help manage how much they eat while they're trick-or-treating and when they get home. And for the weeks and months that they have candy afterwards will make a big impact. One thing that I really love is have them divide their candy into two piles. The things that they just love and the things that they're kind of on the fence about. And then just keep the stuff you love. Then you're cutting it in half another thing you can do is you can tell you can tell them to only eat candy three times a day you get you get to have a piece of candy three times a day and it has to be with a meal
2: so when helga comes back to the show um <laughs> we,
0: we we can keep this going yeah
2: yeah, yeah. For,
1: for those of you that who do doesn't need any candy yeah. Studio, yeah. Playing with our boss, yeah we Sarah. have a
0: little bit of a, a halloween of a decoration halloween. here in the studio just to get, get the atmosphere going and i was just attacked by the by the skull lamp, so candelabra. You, the, what is it
2: called?
1: Candelabra. <laughs> oh my god!
0: So funny.
2: And I saw that opera again. One time. Talkstreamnetwork.com,
0: yeah. if you want to see what we look like um, and what it looks like when I get attacked by a skull lamp. Um, I love that. <laughs> Have two piles. Only really keep what you love, which is a good, you know, metaphor or rule for life itself. Really. Yeah, for too, sure. As this whole show always is. Um, I also like the the workout part. Oh, uh, yeah, and mark, you have a you have a tradition <laughs> of not you working out, <laughs> but you know somebody who does
1: <laughs> well, I actually know a family who every year, after Thanksgiving dinner, which they eat kind of early, like four o'clock, they all go for a long walk at Muir Woods. So Helga, you were saying, wouldn't it be yeah, great if wonderful. the tradition was either during the day before you go trick-or-treating or the day after Halloween, yeah. you do the a family morning. physical activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Soccer tournament, whatever, something fun, you know, for everyone to get their spike out. Because after you have that much sugar, you also have the crash usually. You do,
1: which is so why I of, say, you yeah, know, additional eat, food, yeah, eat, eat your, tell your children that they can have their candy after their 82. meals so that they've already, you know, primed their body to better absorb that sugar. And I also think it's important to eat before you go out trick-or-treating. Huge
2: deal. Huge deal. <laughs> Don't make that have your a only meal. Dinner,
1: but, have, <laughs> you know, have a big party and invite, you know, your kids' friends over yeah. and cook sweets, cook treats in a healthy way so that you kind of curb that desire ah. for something sweet before they go out so they're less likely to gorge yeah, themselves out don't feed your kids something
0: really spicy and then send them out because they will eat twice as much sweet stuff to compensate for the spicy They will? I've not heard food. that before. I, well, you I, think
2: that's, I think that is a, an old German ad. No, but don't <laughs> yeah. you
0: always compensate for the other? So like if you eat really hearty, spicy, heavy... Well, it's usually heavy, salty. The more salty, salty food okay, you salty. eat, the salty. more
1: sugary food yeah. you want. Whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Conscientious Candy, Tips for a Healthier Halloween. Um, again, check us out on facebook.com forward slash conversation for a list of, of yummy treats that we would recommend that are fair trade, organic, um, and where you can find those. And, um, yeah, Mark, switching completely back to avocado pudding. And uh, where we
2: should be. It's yeah. that time.
0: <laughs> here's, here's the overview from the World of Health um, and the produce dog Smart Mulcahy and What's in Season.
2: It is time for What's in Season. And following Sita's lead, I thought we'd continue with pumpkins, yes. which makes sense. And, of course, on the line, we have the voice of the San Francisco produce market, Earl Herrick, calling in from down in Monterey, down in Pumpkin uh, Central uh, for, uh, for California. And, Earl, are you
3: there? Uh, yeah, Mark, I can hear you. The, not real well, but I can hear you. Well,
2: that's because you're so far away.
3: <laughs> I guess so. Uh, here, I, put I, the
2: can closer. Matter, I'll pull the can closer to my ear. Um, would, you, would you please? Um, so, Earl, it's it's pumpkin time. It's the time when everybody starts thinking about them. They probably sell more pumpkins than any other time of the year. Why don't you give us a little idea what's going on in the season?
3: Yeah, this is their yearly center stage right now. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, I took a drive down the the coast, actually, you know, right now, I'm in the middle of it, and and driving down here, there were pumpkins everywhere. Uh, Still out in the field, pumpkin patches, farm stands, I mean, literally, they're everywhere. And this has been a good year. Um, The low moisture, uh, uh, no early rain, so there's no mold problems, so production is strong. And, you know, they're field-grown. They're grown right out in the field. They're a squash. And there's pretty much... Two, two types you're going to grow you're going to grow large ones they are more of a gourd with a, a, a strong exterior you know maybe an inch or so of a, of a crust if you will which you carve those are for carving uh, jack-o'-lanterns then you get the the other pumpkin uh, pumpkin pies if you will that are that are grown with a very small seed cavity with a lot more meat and those are obviously grown, for pumpkin pie and eating, and most of the, uh, the production now is really for processing. But there's a huge amount of fresh pumpkins that are really to be gotten right now, and there's all sorts of varieties. Have you guys been talking about any of the different colors that you see? No, we pray tell we've been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, it's got to be a, a real uh, kind of boutique uh, heirloom um, a little society where uh, growers take a real specialty in growing either the biggest or the prettiest of the different colors. I can't even keep up with the different names, but you can go out and find almost any color pumpkin you want in almost any shape.
1: I love the Cinderella pumpkins. Isn't that what they're called, Mark? Sitting right next to you. They're these gorgeous, these gorgeous like pale, creamy peach color, and sometimes they come in a a cream color. They're just, Mm -hmm. they're 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 so beautiful on your table. They make for a great decoration.
2: And and so uh, as as you're talking, Earl and Sita, is uh, there are so many varieties out there. You can get them in blue. You can get them in green. You can get them in deep orange that are flat and really really heavily ridged. You can get them in that kind of creamy color that you're talking about. And what you're talking about, Teresita, is that one that's kind of beige. It's really a really nice kind of, I'm going to say beige color that's really heavily ribbed. That's also a, called a French cheese pumpkin or a fairy tale pumpkin.
1: Fairy tale.
2: And and then also Helga, Helga we have in the studio today is a Cinderella pumpkin. And that <laughs> it, that tends to be a larger pumpkin, deeper, deeper orange with a little bit of green to it that you could actually imagine it being a carriage. It's, for it's a Cinderella. really
0: lights too. <laughs> for Cinderella. Yeah, well, it you've almost, been working
2: out. Yeah. Um, so Earl, the one thing I want to ask you about is one thing that happens all the time this time of year is stores have to make a decision on whether to carry an organic jack-o'-lantern or to carry a conventional jack-o'-lantern. And so what yes. what, what about that out there?
3: Well, you know, retailers uh, have something to deal with that is real practical, and that is space. And also, what, most, what we're seeing most consumers, since a jack-o'-lantern is not going to be consumed, many of them, um, it, it's... It's not as important whether or not it's organic, and so most of the retailers I deal with only have a very small little display of a, of a, of a couple jack o lanterns. They have a larger display of sugar pies. So on the jack lantern side, less less organic, you're going to find a little harder to find unless it's kind of a special order in a retailer. I recommend, as I see right now, go out to a farm stand, take a little drive on a weekend or after work, go outside of, the, out, of out of town and and pick up some uh, some jack-o'-lanterns. Now, uh, what's pretty cool about uh, pumpkins is that it is a native. It's one of the natives of America. It's an ancient, ancient uh, vegetable. So, you know, it's a season right now. It's a good time to partake of a real ancient local
2: piece of food. that's awesome Earl thank you Um, enjoy the drive back up the coast we really appreciate you going down there and checking it out for us absolutely
0: yes
2: and and as always uh, we appreciate Earl Herrick from Earl's Organic Produce in San Francisco being on always giving us these reports Earl drive safe and we'll have you on next week absolutely great
0: I'll be looking forward thank you two quick things
2: two quick (laughs) things here is when you go to pick up a jack-o'-lantern, you know I always say heavy for its size with produce. It's true of the jack lantern because it means no it has kidding. more moisture. <laughs> and secondly, don't grab it by the handle. You want to make sure that, this, that it has an intact stem because that's where... Uh, bacteria can get in and will break your pumpkin down quicker also we always want to take them and we put them on the the table as before we're going to carve them or stick them out on our porch or out on a veranda or something you want to keep them out of the direct sun if you're not going to carve them right away because you want them to last they need to be kind of Stay cool Keep them in a cool part of your house until you're ready to carve them. That because otherwise they'll, they'll break down quicker. And lastly, that whole thing about the organic. Yes, you don't see a lot of organic jack o' lanterns out there because of the price difference. It's quite, quite a, quite a bit different. But if you are going to eat the seeds, if you do plan on eating the flesh of your jack-o'-lantern, you really do want to make sure that you're getting an organic jack-o'-lantern because uh, pumpkins and winter squash are known as um, they take up organophosphates from the soil and they're sponges really. very yeah they're like a sponge they're a they heavily concentrated organophosphates in their flesh from the soil and so if you are going to be eating any types of uh, winter squash pumpkins those types of things that is one place for on the eating thing that you would want to make sure you consider
0: organic wow yes and Thank of course you, it gets stored in the seeds um and then the flesh very much so so that's the even the concentrated form it's not mm-hmm. sitting on the outside thanks mark mm-hmm. Thanks for that update. Yes. Such a good wet season. It is. Mm-hmm. And I can just picture late fall climate right now, Earl driving up, you know, with pumpkin patches everywhere. Ah, oh, gorgeous. <laughs> it's so fun. It
1: puts you in the mood for Yeah, fall, it does. Absolutely.
2: <clears throat> Absolutely. Yes.
1: Well, speaking of being in the mood for things, I'm in the mood for a little inspiration, which means it must be time <laughs> for Helga's organic moment.
0: Yes my weekly review of what inspires me or what moved me or great work that other people do. And um, in the spirit of Halloween, of course, I have an, an animal story. It's not the cat on the shoulder of the wise woman, but um, there was this guy who walked through our town and everyone knew him when I was a child because he had a parrot on his shoulder, uh, a very big parrot. It, it really looked like a, like a pirate ship parrot. It was a parrot that he was there. Yeah, Yeah. like a full-grown, substantial bird. I didn't know the name of the guy or anything about him, didn't even know where he really lived, but everyone knew him as I knew him as the guy with a parrot. Now, having a parrot as a friend is not that unusual nowadays, um, some 40 years later, but that was a big deal for me. And I was reminded of the man and his parrot from my childhood at the wedding of some dear friends a couple weeks back, Rebecca and Jason. Big shout out to them. Uh, I got into a conversation with one of the wedding guests and we talked about animal relationships and I have no idea how this conversation came about. But he was saying that he used to have a gecko and that gecko would kind of really get nervous and look for him every time he left the room. So when his girlfriend had the gecko on his arm, he would literally try to jump down to follow um, this man out the room. And I thought geckos are kind of you know, not able to have that kind of bond, uh, especially with a human being. But I guess I was wrong. I heard other stories of people with relationships with spiders or fish or snakes. And I myself had a turtle when I was younger that would come if I whistled. I'm not even sure if turtles have ears. Mark, you would know that. But... um I swear, every time I entered the room and whistled some five minutes later, really slowly, she would make her way over to me. And yes, I had some letters and she knew that. <laughs> but the point was, the point is that she, she knew. She knew who I was. Yeah, um, she knew who had letters. My point is, there seems to be no boundary to relationships. There's no boundary to love. Um, there's this book of animal friends that I just adore. There's this cat, if you want to check it out. I think it's called um, Uncommon Friendships or Unlikely. something. Unlikely. Unlikely Friendships. There's this cat, and the best friend is a squirrel or a bird. There's a Labrador, and his best friend is a duck. And a tiger, whose best friend is a monkey. In this case, we are talking, you know, usually their food supply. Genetically, millions of years, this is what they eat, and it's their best friend. So, there might not be a true, logical, or even genetic rhyme or reason to it, but the message for this Halloween, and as always for the year, is love can supersede anything. Lucky us. And that's my loving, organic moment for this week.
1: (laughs) It's touching.
2: Uh, What's there to say?
1: (laughs) Well... I do, I do believe that you can develop a bond with just about anything. I mean, not just animal species, but plants and all kinds of things. And I think that we, instead of underestimating the emotional tele- intelligence that an animal might have, what would this world look like if we overestimated? If we assumed that we could have this kind of a relationship with a turtle or a gecko?
2: And they've proven that plants do better when your intention is love when you're tending to garden.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. actually, we've been noticing, we we're, we just watched this fantastic documentary about sacred lands, which we're going to have on an episode in another couple of weeks. But what I noticed as I was looking at the way all of these indigenous cultures approach their their harvest and their planting, they sing when they plant seeds. Oh,
2: That's yeah, gonna yeah. That's going to be some happy seeds going in the ground.
0: Yeah, those potatoes in the Andes, that scene, yeah, that is coming up in two weeks um, but it is, it is amazing when you look at those photos and there's this, you know, I don't know what they weigh, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 pound polar bear cuddling a wolf. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just amazing how far that can go, how much we can create love beyond anything that any scientist would ever understand.
2: I think it's the most powerful uh, force <laughs> in the universe.
0: After produce. Mm. No, no.
1: <laughs> well, and it creates peace, which we could use a lot more of that worldwide. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Well, that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thanks for listening.
2: Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.